What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Never Made Varsity, the interactive experience coming to a Disney park near you. My name is Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains. What's up, everybody? I'm back. I know it's been a second. I've been we bouncing back. around. And we bet. Ah! <laughs> um, <laughs> been bouncing around, went to Europe, got engaged. It was awesome. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news. Got engaged. It's amazing. Um, to my lovely fiance Lauren Taylor. Um, so yeah, uh, I've been gone for a little bit, but now we back. Uh, my name's Dave Rivera, and you can find me on Twitter at drivera one two two two. Yeah, I'm not going to try to one up that one. I'm Maverick. You can find me on social media <laughs> at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. You know, my that, dude's got a whole fiance. You know that was really funny because that the first thing that somebody said to me um, after I did it was congrats man i don't think anyone's gonna top that one <laughs> i was like thanks <laughs> i appreciate that um and somebody asked me like wow you're really brave for doing that in front of so many people i wasn't looking at the people like lauren was which is probably more terrifying for her um and so i wasn't even looking at the people and then when i stood up and turned around then it was like oh crap i just did this in front of t- a ton of people um, it's funny because some people that were sta- well, some of my friends that were standing up there were standing next to a, another couple that were like, "Oh, did she say yes?" And then the wife was like, "I think I saw her say no." And it was like, <laughs> it's like, "No, we're good, we're good." So yeah, it was awesome. Great trip here. Congrats! Yep. I had a great trip, and uh, but I, I'm glad to be back. I start uh, band camp tomorrow. So it's back to the grind. Is it silly of me to ask you what your favorite part of the trip was? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, on, moving yeah. on. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you my second favorite. My second favorite was Florence. When I went to Florence, uh, that's I'm going to have to go back there again at some point in my life because that was my favorite city in Italy by far. Just because of how not touristy it was, but also there was a lot to do. And the people were just really friendly and welcoming, and um, I just had a blast in there. So, Pisa might be the touristy place I have ever been in my life. You went to Pisa? Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely very touristy. It's like they, they know what they are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maverick, what have you been up to the past several weeks? whole lot of nothing well we we did spend some time in atlanta oh yeah that was the first week we were off we took a trip to go see adam in the atl they taught me how to ride a scooter yes (laughs) what a time went through a a uh, went through a farmer's market got free food had some really nice seafood got really wet (laughs) yes um like what we were like got in the midst of a flood and we watched the lion king we'll probably get to that later we will we sure will <laughs> uh yeah for me we did the um did the atlanta thing i went to the beach last weekend uh with my partner and her family that was fun 
other than that, I've just been chilling like y'all. Time to take some off. We we need summer vacations too. <laughs> <laughs> Got to reload, and we're in the sports purgatory anyway. So we are. You know, it's been markedly less terrible. I started paying like closer attention to the uh, U.S. women's soccer team, which congratulations to them, and that was awesome. And I know it was a couple weeks ago, but that was awesome, and that kind of helped a little bit. Um, but still, I hate this time of year so much. In full solidarity, yeah. I have gotten my World Cup championship shirt. Nice. God, those jerseys, dude, they are so clean. They really are. I want one so badly. <laughs> I do, too. I um, And Big Brother has been trash this season. So really? I, I stopped watching like the second week. So I have I don't even have that in my life to fill the void. So it's just been a lot of me watching a bunch of TV. But that's all right. We have a couple things to talk about, like Russell Westbrook being traded for CP3. That what? happened so long ago, but that's how long it's been since we had the episode. David, what do you think? I I think I have to be careful. I am skeptical, but I have more belief in it than I think the general population does. So do I, I think. I, I'm i not the, oh, this is going to be Carmelo Anthony 2.0. Like, Carmelo Anthony was never Russell Westbrook. Ever. Like, let's not get it twisted. So, I think they'll find a way to work together. Will it be championship caliber? I don't think so. I think there are too many other quality teams in the West, especially since this is apparently the year of the duos. Like when you've got Westbrook, Harden, Anthony, and uh, and LeBron, you've got Kawhi and PG, um, you've got um, Kyrie and KD, you've got Some Jimmy Butler stringer. and whoever else is on the Heat. Um, <laughs> you've got yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just you know. I'm I'm excited for this upcoming season, and I know people were clowning because they were like, "Oh, it's the year of the duos, Clay and Steph," and then Draymond's like, "Hey, <laughs> like just chilling." Um, but we can talk about him later because something happened with him also. But oh, regardless, true. regardless, um, yes, I am very very excited for the season, and I am optimistic about Westbrook and Harden. Math. Um. Like right after it came out, I don't know if Bleacher Report retweeted or something, but someone like made a custom video using like 2K19 footage of Harden and uh, Westbrook in a Houston uniform. Harden was like going to go for a game-winning shot, only for Russell to block it and then like have guard, Harden guard him, and then Westbrook hit the game-winning shot over Harden, <laughs> like as they were literally defending each other. I think that's somewhat of a metaphor good. of it all. Because, uh, I mean, it's two very ball-dominant players. I, it, it was a different story when the, the first time around that when they were teammates because James Harden was not the James Harden that we have today, the MVP candidate, uh, the just absolute score that he was. So it's definitely a different thing right now. But, again, I think it's someone that what Russell has a lot of chemistry with. That, in that sense, it can definitely work. But, again, there are a lot of other teams in the West, too, competing. And I just see some other ones at the moment still having an edge in talent. and Because I, I think there are more questions with Westbrook and Harden in this iteration than other teams in their duos. I've been a little conf- 
confused at the people who are saying like Russ is a ball hog when he's been averaging over 10 assists a game like the past two seasons, at least two seasons. Well, their argument is that he is a stat hunter, um, which he can be at at times, but I don't think that will affect, like, I don't think he becomes a ball hog. I don't think he goes full like Kobe. But, w- like, when he when he has capable people around, like, he's been to the finals. Like, Russell Westbrook has been to the finals when he yep. had Kevin Durant on his team. And I don't think that Kevin Durant is – I think that Kevin Durant is a decent analog to what James Harden is right now. I think Kevin Durant's gotten a lot better, but I think at that point in his career, I don't think that's an unfair comparison to say, like, Russ and KD then can kind of be a comparison to Russ and James Harden now. My argument more becomes he, he does become ball dominant in critical situations because, yes, he did make an NBA Finals, but what was the primary criticism of Russell in that final series? Because when they were down to the heat, what did Russ do? Russ. Hero ball. And it didn't work. Is that going to happen with the Rockets? And that remains to be seen. That Yeah, it remains to be seen, but I... Like, D'Antoni's a good coach. Like, I, I think D'Antoni can figure out something that'll work. I agree. You know, so, like I said, more optimistic than the general population. Like, if we're talking about, like, offensive coaches in the NBA, like, D'Antoni is one of, like, the top three or four offensive coaches. I would put, like, Steve Kerr, Brad Stevens up there as well. I don't know. I think it'll work. But on the other side of that trade, um, CP3 was sent to Oklahoma City, where he has played before, um, not under the not under the banner of the Thunder. When the uh, Hornets were displaced from New Orleans, they went up to Oklahoma City, and that was, I think, Chris Paul's first season Yeah, uh, he played in Oklahoma City. Which is kind of crazy. This is kind of a, a crazy twist of fate. Right. So he's back, but it seems that nobody likes Chris Paul and nobody wants to play with him. But he he's too good to not play. So where do you think Chris Paul would is going and would fit Maverick? I mean, the Heat were one of the teams in the conversation, but now it seemed like at this point they're going to try to retain him unless a deal comes onto the table. I mean, put him with Jimmy Butler. I think Miami could be a situation with there, but I don't know. I think especially we're we're reaching the waning years. I think he's by far still a very elite player. Um, but, I mean, he's starting to get into his mid-30s, and I, I think he just needs to probably find the best situation for him, and it might be OKC at the moment. Which yeah. point guards do you think are better than CP3 right now? <sighs> David. Uh, give me a give me one second, because I got Steph. I don't think Kyrie is better than Chris Paul. Right now, so wait, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Are we talking right like pure point guard? Right now, but are we talking pure like, point guards? Like point guards, just the person that plays the position, or like traditionally, like a pure point guard, like moves the offense, gets the assists. Like, are you However, in- you want to answer the question because then I think Ky- I think Kyrie's better than Chris Paul. 
I don't. I think Chris Paul is waning. Uh, as far, he, he's in the twilight of his career. Um, I don't think. Let's see. Like I don't think like Kyle Lowry is better than him. I don't think like. I think Kemba Walker it would be a better option than Chris Paul. I think he can do the same things. Russell well, Westbrook, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, I think are all better. You could even make an argument that Mike Conley is better than Chris Paul. I don't know about Mike Conley. And Dame and Kemba, I will say there are – I would put them on the same wavelength, whatever, whatever tier. I will but concede I, that I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, Chris Paul is still, like – he can go out there and ball. I was like, I was about to right say, now. like I would say, like I'll concede that he's still in the upper echelon of point guards. Like as I look at the starting point guards in the NBA, I literally googled current starting point guards NBA, and if I when I look at that list, like would I take most of those guards over Chris Paul? No. Like he has a place somewhere in this league. I think the problem is one price tag. If the if the Thunder don't end up buying out, which, like Maverick said, looks like they're just going to hang on to him. But if they don't end up buying him out and they're trying to trade him, that price tag is a lot. Thank you, Daryl Morey. And for um, someone with his age, that makes it even more of an issue. Because no one something wants to Something with his age his and with his... That age and injury history and his... Um, his general demeanor, <laughs> the, the, the general yeah. Chris Pauliness of him. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a lot of media driven. Like I, I don't is really. It he, is no. it? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I know that there, there the, there's the things that he didn't really get along with with uh, James Harden. But like, I don't know. I just don't always hear. I guess maybe I'm just not plugged in that well then, because I don't really hear too much of like why. He's not liked in the locker room. Or I know why, like, he gets on other players who are not on his team's nerves, but I don't quite understand why he's seen as a locker room cancer kind of guy. From what I understand, I think the words unfun jerk would, <laughs> <laughs> would sum up why, why he seems to be unpopular in locker rooms. Uh, uh, side note, I love that my experience with like the Chris Paul, James Harden, like fiasco was that there was a fake tweet that Chris Paul openly made fun of James Harden's man boobs in practice. (laughs) Obviously like a very fake tweet, a fake tweet. And apparently skip Bayless thought it was a real tweet and referenced it on undisputed (laughs) as a citation for why, Chris Paul and James Harden do not get along. <laughs> and I so bad. It just makes me remember why I love Twitter.com. <laughs> but but Maverick, I agree that I I actually <laughs> don't think the Heat would be a bad option for him. And I think we mentioned that the last time we recorded that um Jimmy and Chris Paul in Miami might be a force to be reckoned with. That would be a Quite, that would be quite the uh, quite the duo. But they strapped themselves I mean, enough not with the Jimmy Brunner any- transaction, so I mean, logistically speaking, it would take a village to set up because they'd have to drop Goran Dragic's contract. Uh, they'd have to move several pieces just to get Chris Paul's contract to fit in their cap. 
Yeah, the heat did similar to not as egregious, but similarly to what the Hornets did um, in the in the weird summer that made a lot of what um, it made a lot of moves a lot more difficult down the line. But I think if they're able, I think if the Thunder did end up buying him out, I think that would be a good situation for him. But anyway, let's move on because we have stuff to talk about. Draymond Green yesterday, I believe, signed the max contract, a max extension with the Warriors, a four-year, $100 million contract. Maverick, what do you think of this contract? I mean, first and foremost, we've, we've said this several times. I think it's plenty deserved. Um, Draymond's not your 25-a-night kind of person, but he's going to put up 12-8-8 eight, and eight consistently. And if he scores two points, he's going to be very hyped off of that two-point basket. Um, so, I mean, he's very much a glue guy, and you, you've seen what he's done with Golden State over these years, and he always is someone that's going to play with a chip on their shoulder, be an agitator on defense, and he brings a lot to a team. So, I mean, by far, it's, it's well-deserved, I believe. I think he even could have got more, but again, I think this is the max from what he's eligible for. He he, he likes Golden State. He wants to be there. I think if KD had stayed, I think Draymond would have been gone. I I firmly believe that, that he would have been gone. Um, From a team standpoint, it makes sense. Like, if you don't have, like, Clay and Steph are formidable, but I feel like, yes, as cliche as it is, Draymond is the glue guy of that team. Um, I just – I personally don't think he's worth a max contract, but I see the value in him, so it's a weird kind of – it's a weird kind of relationship. I think he is specifically built for this Warriors team. I don't think he would have gotten a bigger contract anywhere else. I think he's a max player. I think – Someone who can put up, like, I think a consistent 12, 8, and 8 is, like, really, well, really good Let, and, like, important to have. And it's someone who can do that and also guard 3 through 5 extremely well, I think is worth it. I, let me back up. I think he would have gotten the money. I don't think he was worth that money for another team. I think that he is really, 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 really made for this Warriors team. That's fair. I think that's this. I think the peak of his play works in the in the uh, frame of this Warriors, the way the way that this Warriors team operates. Like, could you see him going to Memphis? That's a bad one because they I, they really like the defense. I can't, I can't tell you about anyone's fit in Memphis. I'm gonna keep it. Real I was about to say you. that was a bad one, but like, could you see him going to like? Um, let me throw out a random. Like, go to the 76ers. Like, would he have the same effect there? No, because he can't shoot it. Exactly. <laughs> there's a reason there's only two Splash Brothers. They're not the <laughs> Splash Triplets. Because Draymond, like we all know, shoots like he's got a backpack on. <laughs> <laughs> I've, that's a good way of putting it. Which I cannot unsee <laughs> now that someone said it. <laughs> that's great. So but Yeah. So let's move on to our last NBA story. Uh, Carmelo Anthony did an interview with ESPN in which he believes that he still has a place in the NBA. I am going to be paraphrasing heavily, but he said that 
he absolutely believes he can make a 15-man roster and can probably make a nine-man rotation at this point in his career. David, agree, disagree? I agree. Well, hold on. Caveat. If he understands that he's no longer Nuggets Carmelo Anthony, that he is not first two years with the Knicks Carmelo Anthony, if he comes back and if he gets on a team, I think it would have to be with the compromise that you are no longer in that starting five. You're going to be a key role player. You can still contribute, but you're not going to be taking 30 shots a night, averaging 25 and, and six or something. You know, I, I don't think that he's come or at least in the past hasn't come to grips with that. And that's why he hasn't had the kind of success that he's wanted in previous in previous years. Maverick. Um, I think he does. I think you could easily find him a place on a 15-man roster. Um, cause, I mean, he, I still think in many ways he's Carmelo Anthony, but I do agree that he, he has to understand that I don't think he's not that same, you know, all-star, that scoring champion Carmelo Anthony, um, that multi-time All-NBA player. I, I believe those times have come and gone, and that's why he kind of – why he's in the situation he is in the first place. Now, after hearing more about his situation with the Rockets, that did make me a little more empathetic to him as well, um, given his situation. But um, it's still, I don't think it takes away from the reality of the situation. But I, I, trust me, put him on Memphis Grizzlies. I, I, find me 15 players on that roster. Is he better than Grayson Allen? Yeah. Case closed. I mean... Here's, yes, I, I can call him a Hall of Famer, right? I think it's safe. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. We could argue first ballot, but he he he's going to go. I don't think he's first ballot, but I think he'll in the, he'll be in there. Like, he's a Hall of Famer. Like, he's one of the best scorers. Like, can I say he's a top fifteen scorer that we've ever seen? Adam is calling me right now. Should I answer? <laughs> So yeah, I think we're in. I think we're in general agreement. Cool. Shall we move on? Sure. The coaches' poll is out. Have you looked at it? College football. I have not taken a look at it actually. And we are talking football. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm assuming Alabama, Clemson. In what order? Clemson, Alabama. There you go. Clemson's won Alabama two. Clemson got 59 first place votes. Alabama got six. Um, pretty much what we expected. Yeah. I mean, I do you have it pulled up? Uh, can you, do you want to give the top 10? Sure. Uh, so starting at 10, we got Texas. Who's back. Officially back. Uh, Notre Dame at 9, Florida at 8, Michigan at 7, LSU at 6, Ohio State at 5, Oklahoma at 4, Georgia at 3, Alabama at 2, and Clemson at 1. Interesting that Ohio State is still that high without Urban. I figured they would have taken a dip. Yeah. I um, The only other 
ACC team in the um, in the poll is Syracuse at twenty two. Oh, good for them. Go Orange. Yeah, Dino Babers is a good coach. I mean, they gave they had a couple of good games last year because my parents are Syracuse alums and I would watch. They had a they had a pretty good amount of games last year that were like entertaining. They did, including the Carolina game, which was yeah, a exactly. Game. <laughs> that we should have won. We should have won a lot of those games. You remember? Oh. You remember VT? Oh, VT! Oh my goodness! <laughs> gobble gobble! So dumb. Well, let's talk about Carolina football while we're here. Yeah, we're already on college football. Let's go ahead and segue our butts over there. Uh, you've probably been paying attention to it more than I have, but as far as UNC football goes, it looks like we have a three quarterback race. We do. Um, Jace Reuter, uh, Sam Howell and Kate Fortin. Fortin. Um, I, there's really been no indication as far as who is the one so far. I assume that whoever starts week one is going to be the guy. Um, my gut is telling me that it's going to be – was it – this is going to be bad of me. Was it Jace Reuter or Kate Fortin that was playing last year? Didn't, did they both play both. last year? They both played. Uh, they both got hurt. I forget which one looked better. Yeah, one – I forget. I, forget I forgot too, which one, one was the one that looked, looked good. Like very, very green. Um, I think Kate Fortin was the one that looked better because <laughs> Kate Fortin got hurt in the Virginia Tech game, if I remember correctly. I think that I think it's the one that got hurt first that looked the yes. best, which I think was Kate Fortin. Um, so yeah, I, that's my gut. However, there's been a lot of hype behind Sam Howell. Um, there's been a hype train behind him, so we'll see. We will see, indeed. I'm more excited about how this kind of defense is. Well, not even just the defense how this air raid offense is going to work and how this kind of revamped defense is going to look on the field since we're out of the Larry Fedora era officially. Um, I'm, I, I will see how this, <laughs> how this offense goes. I am very concerned about this offense. Uh, we've talked about this before, but just going off like, cause I'm not going to pretend I watch what was it? Mississippi. Oh, it's Ole Miss. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend I watched Ole Miss football religiously last year, but it looked like they could ver- move the ball very easily against, um, mid major, not mid majors, like G five teams and could not do much of anything against sec teams. So, hmm, okay. I am concerned on that end, but I, and honestly, like offensive scheme was not the problem at Carolina. So no, I don't think it, it was general lack of discipline and the defense pretty much. How much do you know about the defense? I don't know much, but for, like I remember last year being hype because they're not hype, but um, thinking like, oh man, we have so many guys that are having to step up in these roles while they're young. I feel like this experience will help them going forward. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also hyped because our defensive coordinator, I can't, I can't remember his name, but he was Army's head coach. Jay Bateman. Yes, Jay Bateman. And lots of people have lots of good things to say about him. If, if anything, our, our discipline is going to be a lot better. Uh, so I will if, take that. If the guy who coached Army can't discipline this team, nobody can. <laughs> 
and there is something in the water in Chapel Hill. I mean, he might have gotten his team might have got beaten pretty badly by Oklahoma, but he did hold hold them scoreless for three quarters, which is a feat against Oklahoma. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, that's our very first look at UNC football. I'm sure as we get closer to the game against South Carolina, we will have no more to say. But for now, uh, Maverick, where do you see you guys Titans camp? Um, I, I think there's a lot more pressure now on Marcus Mariota. Um, in, that he's, yeah. he's really into his <laughs> contract year, so this is really big for him. This is kind of like the is this going to be our franchise quarterback going forward? And so he, he does have some things he, he does have to prove. He has to be able to stay healthy, which has been the biggest thing, where when he is healthy and he stays consistent and he has shown flashes that he can be a franchise quarterback. Um, a lot of other things, a lot of people just getting healthy again. Um, we're getting Delaney Walker back, our tight end. Um, and he's our highest rated person to Madden, yet they can't get his facial uh, composition right. But we'll talk we about you. Um, Just like Greg. Yeah. But I think it's someone off a year or still playing with a little bit of house money with Brabrell's early tenure with the team. But, I mean, we easily have the pieces that we could still, you know, shock some people, still make a, a wild card or anything like that. So I'm just keeping my expectations squared with them. David, what are you seeing out of Panthers camp? Uh, the hype is real. Um, Cam presumably has a healthy shoulder. A um, lot of positivity coming out of camp right now. Um, signed Gerald McCoy to bolster that defensive line that had lots and lots and lots of issues last year. Um, so on that front line, you got Mario Addison, um, Kwan Short, Gerald McCoy, and crap who's the other one i mean i think we're switching to three four this year i think we're doing a lot of three four this year right am i wrong um we are going to be uh according to ron we're going to be floating between a three four and four three depending on what the um the scheme just um dictates yeah so uh i see brian burns being the the other the fourth guy um if he's not playing outside linebacker he'll probably be in a three-point stance uh as that fourth D lineman. <clears throat> but um yeah, as far as the defensive side, you know, you've got Dante Jackson, James Bradbury, Eric Reed, and we just signed Trey Boston. He is back in North Carolina um from the Cardinals. He went to the Chargers and then got went to the Cardinals and now he's back um on a one year like uh three million contract. Yeah, it's a, yeah, exactly. It's a prove it contract. Um veteran safety um we've had a lot of issues at safety the past couple of years but hopefully that can let some stability he's familiar yeah. um he's a familiar face he's familiar with the concept he's familiar with the coaches hopefully uh it works out we've been we are now good at strong safety um for since eric reed signed his extension um, so free safety is now the position that we need it. So Trey Boston having someone back there who gambles a little bit too much for my taste, but is otherwise a pretty good uh, safety. Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Agreed. I, I think the biggest battle coming in camp is going to be at nickel corner um, is what um, Coach Rivera said. So we're yeah, because Rash- Rashawn Golden was going to be that safety 
um, mm-hmm. before Trey Boston got signed, but he played more of that nickel, uh, that nickel corner role in college. So that's where he, Ron Rivera said that he'll probably get the most reps now. And they're um, also saying that um, the rookie cornerback that we um, drafted has been getting some pretty good reps at nickel as well. So good. Uh, as far as the offensive side of the ball, it's really weird that wide receiver is the deepest, uh, <laughs> the deepest position that we have right now. It's kind of crazy to me. Um, you know, you've got DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, flip flopping. Mm-hmm. I know my buddy Garrett believes wholeheartedly that Curtis Samuel is wide receiver one. Mm-mm. I'm a DJ Moore believer. Mm-mm. I'm a DJ Moore truther um, that he'll be that wide receiver one. Not that Curtis, this is not saying that Curtis Samuel is bad. He's, he's a bad man. Like he's, he's going to be good. He's going to do a lot of the things that I think Ted Ginn did, but on a better level. Um, and more consistent. Level, and more exactly. If he can stay healthy this year, I think he'll be a huge asset. But I think DJ Moore is going to be that wide is going to be that go to wide receiver that Cam is looking for. Um, now that Devin Funchess is gone um, on the Colts, yeah, I can see DJ Moore being on the left, put Curtis Samuel on the right, and then Chris Hogan stepping into the Tory Smith role, um, just being that vet with good hands, right? What about, or Jarius Wright? Or Jarius Wright? We're we're deep at wide receiver. When did this? I totally forgot y'all got Chris Hogan. Deep? Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, Jarius Wright, I mean, like, third down, I wanted the ball to go to Jarius Wright because he was that steady presence. Um, there were way too many times to count where he caught the ball past the sticks on third down and had good field awareness knowing how many yards he needed. Um, so, yeah, offensive line might be a little rough again. Um, our, I think it's Greg Little is the left tackle we drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of getting bulldozed in practice kind of getting wrecked but we'll see um yeah let me think why do, uh i mean chris mccaffrey's chris mccaffrey greg olson's back i love third leg greg um yeah i mean i feel like we're excited i think that backup power running back spot is another spot that's um being highly contested we've got um scarlet i don't remember his first name um and Elijah Holyfield's no wait is his name Elijah Holyfield I don't remember the Maybe. boxer Holyfield Holy, Evander, the one that got yeah. his ear Evander Holyfield. Evander Holyfield his son who is built like a tank um is on our t- is currently on the roster and is fighting for that backup running back spot over, uh with Cameron Artis Payne um along with him so yeah that's the Panthers. Cam's uh, healthy. His hair's looking as free as ever. I love it. Um, yeah. Are there any national camp stories you want to talk about? I feel like it's been like relatively quiet, honestly. Or there's the Zeke stuff. There is the Zeke stuff, and I feel like there is some like there's the Daniel Jones stuff in um, in Giants land in New York. Let's get some preseason games in for that before we jump into that. Yeah. Let's see what he looks like. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be as terrible as advertised. <laughs> I think he'll be okay. I don't think he's going to be Nathan Peterman level, but I think he'll be just, I think he'll be decent. I am interested in how Oakland will do this season. 
because I don't like John Gruden. <laughs> but I'm curious because of Derek Carr had an almost MVP season once. Hasn't really lived up to it since then. You know, I don't think John Gruden is sold with him as his. But as, he likes the Peter man. He does like the Peter man. I have heard that. Um, and then you've got Antonio Brown, you know. So and then, you know, the Bears, I'm, you know, a surrogate Bears fan. Now that uh, Mr. Biscuit is our guy. Mr. Biscuit. Well, let's get into some preseason, let that stuff start cooking, and jump back into NFL when we have more information. Shall we? Yep. I'm just ready for football. David, what do you think of All or Nothing so far? I've seen all of it. I am at episode five, I believe, um, which is right after the Eagles game. Which, with Panthers, know was one of the high was the high point of the season. Um, Absolutely, the high point of the season. And then the next episode is the Pittsburgh game, which was the low point of the season. Like, talk about a roller coaster um, and everything. I know I'm dreading watching it. It's been amazing so far. I really enjoyed it. I like the in depth look. I like the behind the scenes. I think Greg Olson is freaking hilarious, uh, more so than he like openly is like just seeing how he interacts with people is hilarious to me. Um, but I know that from this point forward, the fun stops. So it's going to be hard to watch. I will say that the, the end of the season goes quickly. I'll put it that way. They minimize the pain and I appreciate it. Oh, that's so nice <laughs> of them. Uh, yeah, I think it's, interesting to see how they how they portray cam's injury i think it's eye-opening to a lot of people who have bad things to say about cam um i think seeing how they hand how they showed what that injury did to the team and how the um team reacted from player all the way up to owner um, was interesting. I will put it that way. But I okay. enjoyed the season. I like the Panthers, so I'm going to like the show. Right? Yeah. I'm just, I always, this, I know that, I just knowing that the fun stops <laughs> as far as winning makes it hard. And I know that Dante Jackson had some issues with how he's portrayed. Do you have anything to say about that? Like, do you have any thoughts about that? I didn't that? think it was bad. I thought he looked like a, like a rookie that, um, a rookie who was called out for being a rookie. And then I don't think he handled it poorly, honestly. Mm. I know he had some issues with it, but yeah, I'm not quite I don't sure. know. What did you think? I haven't gotten to that point yet. Uh, gotcha. Um, I am curious about your thoughts about Ryan Khalil. Do you know what happened with Ryan Khalil? Oh, yeah, he um he signed with the he Jets. He just came back and signed with the Jets, which so makes me sad. Came out of retirement to sign with the Jets. And cuz I love Ryan Khalil. Right. It, it kind of and I know he probably I think uh Jordan Rodriguez, the the former I think it's Rodrigue. Rodrigue. Um she had a, an article on him. I didn't read it yet, but she was saying how he had the itch and, you know, it's hard to leave the game knowing that you know, once you're gone, once you stop, it's clo- the door is closed forever. Um, and he wasn't 
he, he let it go and he wasn't ready yet. And he has the itch and had an opportunity with the Jets. Um, so as much as it sucks, because I like him and I wanted him to retire a Panther, not to say that he still won't sign like a one-day contract or something, but um, yeah, it was kind of sad to see that. But I don't think it was out of – it's not like, oh, he, he, he didn't – uh, or he retired from the Panthers because he hates us and, you know, he tricked us and, you know, is signing with the, the Jets now. Like, I don't think that's what it was. Best of luck to him. Yeah. Maverick, what did you think of Lion King? Oh, boy. I, I, I had a great time uh, at the th- movie theater. Um, it was just all the some of the critical moments, like, I kind of started voicing and stuff as they happened to them uh, through the movie. I liked a lot of the voice acting and stuff. We can talk about perhaps Beyonce um, <laughs> in one, but really like Donald Glover as older uh, Simba. Uh, I'm glad they got James Earl Jones to repeat as Mufasa. Um, allegedly. Yes, allegedly. <laughs> really loved uh, John Oliver. I um, think he did fantastic. Also, Billy Eichner as Timon. Yeah, I think the consensus is that Billy Eichner really stole the show for that movie. Uh, I can talk about my... Okay, no, let me start with this. I really like the movie. I think it's one of the better live, quote-unquote, live-action, photorealistic um, computer graphic um, movies, remakes that (laughs) Disney's doing. I think that Jon Favreau has a really good eye for new technology and how to use it. And I think that showed... I, so yes, I liked all of that. Billy Eichner is great. Seth Rogen, great. James Earl Jones, think they recycled some audio, but still good. Uh, um, Donald Glover as older Simba was great. All the songs sounded good. Someone brought up how they replaced all the dancing in um, Just Can't Wait to Be King with just the lions running, uh, which I thought on retrospect, watching them just like run around was kind of funny, but it worked for the song. It's whatever. Um, and I guess it's controversial take that I thought that Beyonce was the weakest link of the movie. I don't think that's, I don't think that's a controversial take. I think it's controversial to the, to, to the, the beehive, <laughs> to the beehive because they worship the smell of her feet, but, <laughs> and the sand that she walks on. So, um, but yeah, any other thoughts? What'd you think? Um, I was probably the most down on this movie out of the three of us. Um, yeah, from the go, I had an issue with the facial expressions and I know they're going for, for realistic, but I just don't think it worked. Like none of the impact moments hit because they all looked the same. Like there was no difference between sad, happy and surprised and whatever like can i interrupt and say like the snap zoom on simba after mufasa got clapped spoiler alert for lion king for hamlet um was kind of (laughs) silly which i think they do it in the in the original lion king but um that camera move in c in um in this movie did not work for me at all (laughs) are you talking about sorry as he's falling like you like Bufasa's falling and you see and it like zooms in it's on Simba. Like it's like no. no yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
it that's the one part that like stands out as like a little goofy to me but yeah please continue um i didn't have a huge issue with a lot of the voice acting although i do think it lacked some of the color and range that the original had um with some of the like just i just i feel like this movie was boring that is my issue i think it was boring which sucks because I like the original one and this one just didn't really do it for me. I feel like they butchered be prepared. I don't like the voice actor for scar. Um, I was okay with what they did with the hyenas. I liked how they kind of integrated that kind of more intrigue in that kind of, uh, dynamic between lions and hyenas. Um, John Oliver, I, again, I thought was great. Uh, or as Maverick said, I thought was great. I like Donald Glover as Simba. I know some people had an issue with him as like, like somebody people said he phoned it in, but I don't. I didn't see where that came in. Who did? Uh, I, I just saw that take on no, Twitter. Who? I w- that Donald Glover phoned it in. Oh no, Donald Glover phoning it in is um, Spider Man Homecoming. That is Donald Glover That's phoning, phoning it, it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I didn't quite agree with that. Um, Yeah, uh, honestly, once they once they did the be prepared thing, I was out. I was like, all right, all right. Uh, the uh, what's his name? I always forget his name. Jo- is it Joe Rogan? Seth no, Rogan. Seth Rogan. Um, Joe Rogan is um, he's the UFC. yeah he's the UFC guy. Um, the thing with him is that I feel like they tried to use him to sing, and he's not quite a good singer and it kind of was grating to so me here's the here's the thing and i'll contrast that with something else he said billy um, i was good though too before i forget billy i was great um so i agree seth rogan is not like i don't think he's a singer like he's not a trained singer but i think for pumbaa that works with he like i don't think pumbaa has to be a great singer that didn't bother me but Chiwetel Ejiofor, who played um, Scar, I also don't believe is a singer. And I feel like not having a singer do Be Prepared does not work. Like, it was a lot of speak singing through Be Prepared, yeah. which was unfortunate because I love Be Prepared. That's what I'm saying, because like, that's one of my favorite songs in the entire, in the entire movie. And I, I feel like it got butchered. So it like literally butchered because it got cut up in half, yeah, no, it it got, half the song <laughs> and not and not in the fun kind of chopped and screwed way in the like, <laughs> so yeah it was okay I didn't hate it I had a, I had a good time with the movies but like I I look at another John Favreau movie The Jungle Book like I don't feel like that had this issue now granted it's not competing with a beloved classic like the jungle book the animated movie is way more obscure than the lion king and i don't know if obscure the word but it's not held in as high regard as high regard yeah um but i just didn't feel like it had the same issue of like lack of emotional range that i had with the lion king and i don't know if that's because of the animation and I or I don't know if it's because of the voice acting. Like I just I was. There's a lot of questions that I still have that I'm still kind of grappling with. 
interesting. So well, that, we didn't agree on the movie. I know that doesn't happen very often. We can both agree <laughs> that Into the Spider Verse is a beautiful masterpiece. <laughs> Everyone, go watch Into the Spider Verse right now. Do it. I watched it twice on my plane. I watched it on the way to Europe and on the way back from Europe. So good. Um, you just finished Sekiro too. I did. Sekiro. Shadows die Sekiro. twice. Sekiro. Uh, Shadows die twice. Um, it is a From Software game. If you do not know what From Software is, you've probably heard of either Dark Souls or Demon Souls or Bloodborne. Um, those are all From Software games. Uh, and I've played and beaten Dark Souls. I have played and not beaten Dark Souls 2 because I hate it. And I have played and beaten Bloodborne. All hard games, but extremely rewarding. So I was kind of assuming that this one would be a lot of the same or at least a lot of the same mechanics, I was wrong. This is the farthest uh, departure from the core uh, game mechanics of a From Software game that they've done so far. And I really, it works really well for me. Um, This game started a dialogue about why there should be easy modes in games and accessibility because this game was hard for a lot of people and um, exceedingly so for a lot of people. And we're talking about – it just started a lot of discussions about like should games be accessible to everybody? Um, should there be an, an easy mode? Like some people don't play it for difficulty, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my argument for that is then the game is just not for you. I don't think that a developer or artist or director needs to compromise artistic expression for accessibility if that makes any sense. And I don't know if that's a popular take, but that's my take on it. Um, I don't want them to let go of that kind of artistic expression or vision that they have for the sake of, oh, I need to make this accessible to the lowest common denominator. Not calling the people that can't play this game the lowest common denominator, but y'all know what I mean. Um, so yeah, I think there's a thing to be said for accessible video <coughs> games in a way where it's like having accessible controllers or having like games to be able to like map buttons to other things so that people who are like differently abled are able to like play games, period. And I it, think that's like, it, important. It does have that. It does have yes. the ability to like differently map, you know, map your buttons differently. And I even did that. Uh, there was something that wasn't working for me, and I was in cur- I was curious as to whether I could remap the controls, and I did, and I changed it, and it worked out way better for me. Um, and it has those kind of accessibility things, but it doesn't have in a quote unquote easy mode to it. It doesn't have a oh this is easy mode, this is normal, this is hard mode as like a traditional like game would have per se. It has one difficulty, and that is the game, and it is as difficult or easy as you make it depending on if you learn the mechanics. And I just happened to be one of those people that struggled with a lot of the mechanics up until a certain point. And once it hit, the game leveled out a lot for me because I was trying to play it like it was one of their previous games, which is a lot of stay as close as possible to the enemy uh, and always be blocking, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but this is a complete departure. It's, it's in both setting and gameplay. And I really enjoyed it. And not to give any spoilers about the game, I enjoyed it. Usually, from software games deal with like more Western. It's like a Japanese take on Western 
mythology, um, more like medieval stuff or like um, they, Bloodborne is more um, – I always forget his name. He's the dude that made Cthulhu. What's his name? H.P. Lovecraft. It's like very Lovecraftian. Um, this is Japanese folklore. This is Japanese. This is swordplay. This is samurai. This is shinobi, which I am all the way into. So, um, yes, I very much enjoy the game. I beat it twice, um, and I will be beating it two more times because there's four different endings. So, Maverick, do you have a take on the difficulty of video games? Isn't this the one where, uh, they they reported it. Some dude like had to enable a cheat code in order to beat the main story. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's what I thought. Because there was the tweet that was like, not only are you cheating yourselves, but you're cheating, or you're not only cheating the game, but cheating yourself. That everyone clowned. And in that case, I would somewhat differ because as long as you're playing single player, I mean that's your own conscience. It, yeah, you, cheat all you want. I don't care. No, and that's the thing is that these kind of games, like the culture of from software games, is that they're hard but they're fair and if you find a way to win it's it's fair game if it's if it's cheese like if it's straight up cheese like if it's uh if it's not like there's no illegitimate way to do it because of the difficulty like if you find a way to hit their foot and only hit their foot and they can can't hit you and they're on a ledge or something that's viable like that's the culture of the game if if you can find it you can do it and so we should uh, i enjoy it we should move on, but two more things. Hey, if you have an opinion on this, tweet it, up, tweet it at us at NeverMadePod. If you absolutely agree with us, let us know. If there's like an area that we are blind to as we are all, um, we don't have any of the issues that would keep us from playing these games. I mean, I do because I'm bad at video games, so I just don't. Uh, but like, if you have another perspective, uh, tweet it at us. Please do. Um, and I, also, I, yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I kind of want to hear other people's discourse on it because all I've heard is people complain. And like, I don't know. I do way better with the more personal discussions than with just seeing someone yell something into the void of Twitter. So, if you have an opinion on it that I'm not seeing, or a, a perspective on it that I'm not seeing, like, at us and let's talk about it. Yeah, and also. I, this is the second time I think I've like promoted this video that's not ours on uh, on YouTube. But the H Bomber guy video on speedruns is so good. Please watch it. Um, also watch all of H Bomber guys' um, other videos. Harris is really great. All right, let's finish up by talking about Comic Con or first something that wasn't at Comic Con because um, WB, I believe it's WB. Yeah, because um, the DCEU wasn't there as well. Um, did not have a presence at this year's San Diego Comic Con. So they released a lot of their trailers um, on YouTube during those days. One of which being Cats. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> Maverick, what did you think of the Cats trailer? <laughs> um, it was different. <laughs> Jason Derulo is a cat. <laughs> I saw a tweet that was like me, or no, it was therapist. Jason Derulo cat cat. Jason Derulo cat can't hurt you. He's not real. <laughs> me looking into the corner, and there's a picture of him, like a screen cap of him from this trailer. It's it's yeah. Go ahead, Maverick. Idris I'm, Elba I'm sorry. is a cat. Why? Everyone's a cat. It's James Corden is a cat, and Rebel Wilson, Rebel Wilson is a cat. Is a cat. <laughs> 
but they're very tiny, and the whole world around is big. I mean, I guess that's somewhat realistic because cats are small. But they're smaller than normal cats. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it it was just a lot, and the the, the body suits. Has they even shown? Is it CGI or is it like a bodysuit? It's CGI. It's CG. It just looks weird. And what's the plot? Um, cats doesn't. Cats isn't real. Um, if you you should watch the Kimmy Schmidt episode, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt episode about cats, in which um, one of the characters finds out that cats is actually just a bunch of actors who can't get work anywhere else dressing up in weird outfits and coming on stage and introducing themselves as different cats um cats doesn't really have a plot it is made from a collection of poems from t.s Eliot. uh david what is your take on the cats trailer i don't like the play like the, the the musical cats to begin with so the fact that this is this even exists is a hellscape for me. Um, I don't like it. I think it's boring. I think it's weird. And this is coming from somebody that's pretty open-minded. And I like Andrew Lloyd Webber generally, or Webber generally. Um, I just it's this ain't it, Chief. So <laughs> let's see how it does. I do not like Andrew Lloyd Webber. I really do not like Phantom of the Opera. I, I can understand why. And I think this trailer is really weird. But you know what? I've come around to it. I, we've been complaining and complaining about how everything in Hollywood is the same and no one has any new ideas and everything looks the same. This is different. <laughs> this is not going to be like anything else that came out this year. But so why, you know what? I'm going to go see Cats. Why does it have to be James Corden and, Re- and Rebel Wilson? <laughs> the two, well, less so James Corden, but I find Rebel Wilson so so obnoxious. I'm going to go see Cats. And <laughs> I am going, and I am a little excited about it. No one's going to go with me. It's going to be end up be me going by myself. But I'm going to go see Cats. Opening against Star Wars, by the way. <laughs> Good this is a luck. disaster. <laughs> this is what you call counter-programming. It is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so this is what the um, the episode eight haters are going to be in boycott. Yeah, they're all going to go see cats. This is your punishment. <laughs> well, <laughs> you didn't like the last one. I go see cats. Okay. <laughs> also, That's, Mary J. Blige. That's what I forgot. She's in this. Singing um, Memory, which is a good song. David, Memory is a good song. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good song. I'm ready for Cats. Stop. Anyway. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Pump all the cats into my veins. Okay, let's talk about uh, Marvel and get out of here. Yep. So, they released their Phase 4 calendar. I am going to run down it very, very quickly. Uh, May 1st, 2019, we are getting the Black Widow movie, which is set between Civil War and Infinity War. We have Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming on to Disney Plus in that fall. November 6th, we are getting Eternals. And then we are getting uh, Shang-Chi on 
February 12th of 2021, WandaVision, Spring of 2021, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness on May 7th, 2021, Loki in Spring 2021, What If, Summer 2021, Hawkeye, Fall 2021, and Thor, Love and Thunder, November 5th, 2021. Uh, David, what are you most excited for coming out of uh, Marvel Studios? Thor, because Taika Waititi is re-upping his directorial roles. Uh, and I was a fan of Thor Ragnarok, and I'm interested to see what he does uh, tonally uh, moving forward. And I'm excited. <laughs> I love... Um, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name right because I like him as an actor. Mahershala Ali. Close. Uh, <laughs> Mahershala. Yeah, that's closer, yes. Okay. Um, as Blade. I love Blade. I'm not even going to lie. I fanboy over Blade all the time. I love all three. I know that three is terrible, but I love all three Blade movies. I love Wesley Snipes <laughs> as Blade, and I love uh, Ali as an actor. And that is the perfect casting for me. That is fan casting level stuff for me. I'm so excited. Uh, Maverick. I think I'm very excited about the What If series that comes out, as well as the Eternals. I like getting more into like this, or is it the Celestials too? Um, Yeah. And so Angelina Jolie is in there, right? Yeah. I'm very much excited about those getting to the more the higher beings above it all. Uh, of the Marvels. That cast is going to be stacked. Yes. With, uh, isn't, um, David Harbour in the Black Widow movie? Yes, and he plays a character named Alexi, apparently. Uh, he does. (laughs) (laughs) Aw. Shout out. We stand. Um, Yeah, I am excited about the combo of WandaVision and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I really like Doctor Strange. And I really want to see how weird Marvel's going to go. I mean, I feel multiverse. Like, like I, I'm a fan of the multiverse. Like, I just, as long as they don't, as long as they don't mess with the Tony stuff. The Tony stuff ended perfectly. Let him, let him be. Spoiler alert. Let him be dead. Like, okay, so what if? It's not canon. That's fine. Okay. All right. But I'm excited. Yeah, and I think I think Benedict uh, Cumberbund is a a good actor he does dr strange really well so um i'm excited to see what he does anything else that we should talk about Mm, we talked about a lot today i'm surprised we We had a lot to talk about we did well y'all this is episode 99 the next one is the big one the real big one so let us know i know we already tweeted out but if you have any more ideas let us know what we should do for episode 100 i'm not making a clip show so (laughs) (laughs) hell no i'm not making a clip show um unless uh, let's say like maverick you take the first 25 i'll take the next 25 (laughs) kobe you take the next 25 aaron take the last 25 it's just a mess absolutely (laughs) not but um let's see is there anything else um i don't think so no so, i think we're good 
If you want to find us, you can do that at tinyurl.com slash Leave us a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. Anything you liked or didn't like, be sure to let us know via Twitter at NeverMadePod. Thank you to David Cutter for the theme music. And we'll see you for the centennial. Bye. Thank you.